And now, part two of the life and times of Ernest Fitch. It's 1915, and Cyclone Taylor leads the Vancouver Millionaires to the city's first, and so far only, Stanley Cup. Ernie Fitch and his family move to Vancouver's Grandview neighborhood, where his father takes a job as the stable boss at the Crystal Dairy. Ten-year-old Ernie tries his hand at the newspaper business, unaware that war is about to change his young life forever. Like most kids of the day, I took on small jobs, I suppose, starting with delivering papers, selling the extra papers that used to come out in those days, you know, on great events, because we had no radio, no TV. Then I worked for um, a couple of years for the druggist at the corner of Commercial and Kitchener, R.E. Frost. I had any number of jobs. One was delivery, of course, and the other was filling boxes of Epsom salts and other things. And I worked for him until I went into full-time work. This was before radio and TV. So you had a newspaper job. Do you remember the name of the paper? Um, Well, we had the province in those days. And then there was another one called The World, but I can't remember which one I, you know, worked. I just had a paper out, you know, somebody in. Deliver the paper every day, go back and collect once a week. But an interesting part of that, and I... I still want to really find somebody who will confirm it for me. On November the 10th, 1918, there was a false report that the war was over. And the newspaper brought out an extra on November the 10th. And they had a way of getting in touch with us kids, I suppose, one mouth or the other. And we went out and sold those extras on November the 10th. It was a false report. Well, then the next day, of course, we got the truth, and they issued another extra paper. And we kids, a little more money, we were out again on the street. I've told this story many times about the paper on the 10th, but I've never had anybody to challenge me. And it wasn't a pipe dream or something that, you know, got fastened in my head. I remembered very clearly, you know, going out on the 10th of November and then finding out that the war was not over. When you were still just a youngster, your father was killed in in the First World War. Tell me about that period of time and and how that affected you. Well, he had signed up with the Home Guard and was, um, along with others, he was stationed somewhere in the Okanagan, I think. Uh, They were guarding bridges and so on and so forth. They were able-bodied young men. My father was just in his 30s. And they took such abuse from other men that because they were on home guard instead of in the front of the battle, I remember very clearly my father coming home one day and he was about as angry as I'd ever seen him. He'd, he'd suffered this sort of business, and he'd made up his mind he'd sign up, which he did. He went right away, signed up for overseas service. He was in the 105th Battalion from, from Vancouver, from Canada. I was 11 at the time. I had a card. He sent me a card either before, just before he left Canada or when he arrived in Britain. And we've had that card in the family 
ever since. It's got lost for quite a number of years, 70 or so years. But in it, he starts off by saying, Dear Ernie boy, and then he asks me to please look after Mama and the kids, because I was the eldest of seven. And, uh, you know, that was a price treasure. And I've been carrying it around for years, looked at it so many times. But then, with my advanced years, I thought I better pass it along to somebody else. So I did give it to one of my granddaughters, who has a family, and keep the thing in motion. The day we got word that he was, um, well, first of all, that he was seriously wounded, we were out in Halls Prairie at an uncle's farm. The whole family was there. Uh, Halls Prairie, just near Cloverdale. And we um, immediately came home and received the, um, we received the notice of his death about a week later. Well, I was, I was 13 at the time. There were six kids younger than me. My mother was 35. It was devastating. Coming up next Friday, 13-year-old Ernie confronts a daunting reality. It's 1918, and he has to quit school to find a job to support his family. We'll tell you that story in parts three and four of The Life and Times of Ernest Fitch, next Friday, right here on CKNW.